Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Happy Tuesday to each of you out there. Thank you for taking a little bit of your time today to listen to this podcast. So I need to tell you a little story behind this podcast release. Um, so right before Christmas, my little niece, who's four years old, she just turned four. Um, she was diagnosed with cancer and it was a very emotional time for all of us in the family. We were very, very worried about her and also worried for the whole family because it affects everyone. And, um, in the process of the family starting to learn what, what was going on, what was going to happen to Elsie. And, um, there was so much emotion and, and, um, need. And, um, I really felt that if it was okay with my brother and sister-in-law, Amber and Aaron, I really wanted to go out to Arizona and help them with their family their other three children and do whatever I could for a week to relieve some of their burden. So anyway, I flew out to Arizona a week ago and I, um, went to help out. And while I was there, there were some incredible women that stopped by with meals. And, um, one night a woman knocked on the door and I was in the living room and Amber went to the door to get the, um, to get it. And I just was kind of listening to the conversation, but not really, but the woman said something to Amber that was, that really hit me hard. And that's what this podcast is about today. She said to Amber that in life, there's short, hard and long, hard, and this cancer with the chemotherapy and the radiation and all that they're going to be going through with Elsie is a long, hard, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so a couple days later, I brought up to Amber how much that touched me, um, that she shared something that I had not ever thought about that in life, sometimes we go through a long, hard trial, tribulation, affliction, and sometimes it's a short, hard. And so I began to think about this, what she said, and there were some things that happened in the process of being there and then coming home that I wanted to share with you in this podcast. And so First of all, I started thinking about the scriptures and there are many, 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 many scriptures of long, hard and short, hard, but primarily I would say long, hard. So, um, I thought about Moroni. So Moroni in the book of Mormon, the end of the book of Mormon, could you imagine approximately 30 years fleeing, hiding, preserving, and living to try to make sure that you don't fall into the hands of the Lamanites and preserving your life and the records life. And possibly we don't know all the details. We don't know. He said that he was alone, but, um, could you imagine 30 years? I mean, I'm 47 years old. So that at 17, I would have began my journey of loneliness and protection. And, um, and so I would consider that a long, hard. Um, I also thought about Lehi 
and his family. And when they went back to get the plates, when they also went back to get the family of Ishmael, and then they waited in the wilderness, land bountiful for approximately eight years in preparation for more instruction from the Lord and to build a ship and um, set sail to the promised land. To me, that's a long hard, especially knowing that your women and your children are trying to be sustained and live on raw meat and bear children. And you as a provider are trying to provide food and care for them. I also thought about Joseph, how he sees the father and the son, and it's three years of silence. And sometimes in the long hearts, there is silence and we don't have an answer and we don't know what's going on and we don't know when there will come an end. But to me, that's a long hard. Also the children of Israel, 40 years in the wilderness. To me, that's a long, a long hard. So and some things I thought about applicably to my life, which are kind of ridiculous to even bring up after you share those, after I share those scripture stories is, um, my, my brother, one Christmas, Matt bought me, um, a ticket to compete in a Spartan race. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of one before, but I would say that it's primarily for CrossFitters and I'm not a CrossFitter, but I did not realize the magnitude of this race. And I think I've talked about it in my podcast before, but this race to me was brutal. Um, you had multiple, multiple obstacles. If you did not complete an obstacle, you had to do 30 burpees. And it took us um, almost two hours to complete the course. And it was up in Washougal, Washington on a track that was climbing up hills and running down and going under wire, carrying buckets of rocks, climbing ropes, climbing walls. I mean, let me tell you, I really wasn't prepared. Um, physically my body, I thought I was, but I jokingly said to my sister, as we were driving there, my brother, my sister, and I, that, um, I hope there was no hills. And she started laughing and asked me if I had even looked at the course on the website and I hadn't. So let me tell you, I know that might've felt like a long, hard, but it was a short, hard, and it really was too hard. I mean, for my brother, he, we whizzed through it and he probably could have gone and done it again. But, um, that for me, I, that was very, very, very hard. Okay. <clears throat> I also thought about delivering a baby. So, you know, you've, you've got a window when you're preparing to deliver the baby and you're exhausted in my case, exhausted, ready to be done. You've been in labor most of the day and you are just tired and you want to go to sleep. And then all of a sudden you get an adrenaline rush because the baby's ready to come. And there is intense pushing and exertion to try to help this baby come into the world. And it's a short, hard, it's hard. And especially when you don't know how long that will last. Um, you know, sometimes it can be quicker than others and it depends who the woman is, but that is a short, hard. Um, I thought about a scripture in Mosiah 427 and it says, and see that all these things are done in wisdom and order for it is not requisite that a man should run faster than he has strength. And again, it is expedient that he should be diligent that thereby he might win the prize. Therefore, all things must be done in order. So even though things are short hearts and long hearts, you know, it's not requisite for us to run faster than we have strength and we need to be diligent and we must do all things in order. 
So the other night, Gannon came up to the side of my bed and he said, um, mom, why is life so hard? And I asked him why he felt that way. And he said, I just don't understand why life is so hard. And so I talked to him about how and part of the plan is that there's opposition in all things. And I told him that, you know, we need to taste the bitter that we may know to prize the good. And so I'm not saying that it is easy, but sometimes our long hearts and our short hearts really test our endurance and our faith. And so I, um, I, in this process of thinking about this long heart, long or, or uh, long, hard and short, hard challenges, tribulations, afflictions, trials. I looked up some talks and there was one by Stanley Ellis. Um, he's emeritus from the quorum of the 70. And in 2017, he said a couple of things that I really liked. He said, regardless of the issue, hard can be good for those who will move forward with faith, faith and trust in the Lord and his planned plan. Looking back, I learned some of the best lessons during the hardest times, whether as a youth on a mission, starting a new career, striving to magnify my callings, raising a large family, or struggling to be self-reliant. It seems clear that hard is good. Hard is part of the gospel plan. One of the purposes of this life is for us to be proven. Through these examples, we see that hard is the constant. We all have challenges. The variable is our reaction to the hard. I really love that because I love math and I love variables and constants. So a hard is the constant. The variable is our reaction to the hard. Then this last thing he said in his talk was regardless of the issue, hard can be good for those who will move forward with faith and trust the Lord and his plan. So one night, um, while I was in Arizona, uh, well, at night I would read with my, um, my little niece, my little first grade niece, Eva, and she would pick a book and bring it to me and we would sit and read. And one night she came up to me and she said, Aunt Beth, I want to read this book. And I looked at it and it looked pretty cute. It said the very impatient caterpillar. And I was like, okay, great. So we would just sit on the couch together and she would read me this book. And I really, after I had heard this woman say to Amber that this trial for them was a long, hard, I thought about this caterpillar. So there's, there's this caterpillar and he runs into some other caterpillars and he asks them what they're doing. And they said, we're going to metamorphosize. And he didn't, he was like, metamorphosize. What do you mean? What are you going to do? And he says, um, we're going to turn into butterflies. And, um, this little, uh, caterpillar is up in the tree, just like the other caterpillars. And he's like, what do I do? How do I, what do I do? And the, um, other caterpillar says, you need to build your chrysalis, a chrysalis. He says, what is that? And so he kept asking, am I a butterfly yet? Am I a butterfly yet? And the other ones were said, just be patient. Let nature take its course. Don't worry. Don't freak out. And he just kept asking, okay, how about now? Am I a butterfly yet? Am I a butterfly yet? And the other caterpillars are in their chrysalis and they're saying no. And he says, well, how many days does this thing take? And the other caterpillars let him know, look, this is two weeks. So I'm sure for a caterpillar, two weeks is a long time, especially if you're moving around and eating and doing all that fun stuff, sitting patiently in your chrysalis is a long wait. 
So while this little caterpillar is inside of trying to build his chrysalis, he's like, I'm going to be in here for two weeks. I can't get a comic book. I can't play a game. What if I need to go to the bathroom? What if I want a snack like pizza? Um, how long have I been in here? It's still day one. This is taking forever. So he looks out of the little chrysalis and he sees the, the world and he jumps out and he says, I'm a butterfly. How do I look? And he's, he, he splats on the ground and he's like, what? I I'm not a butterfly yet. And he decides, okay, it's time for a new approach. So he goes back up into the tree and he begins to create his chrysalis. And he's telling himself, you can do this. And then he'd be like, who am I kidding? I'm not patient. You're the little caterpillar that can, I can, I can. He tells himself, get a grip. I'm the little caterpillar that can. He's like, he tells himself, you can, you can. And he goes back and forth. I can't, I can't, you can, you can. So this little caterpillar is in this battle because he's got two weeks that he is inside this chrysalis. And then every day goes by, he's telling himself, be patient. Patience is in the mind. Be one with the chrysalis. Take a deep breath in and out. Look out. Here we go. And he's going through each day. And two weeks later, he emerges as a beautiful butterfly. He is so excited. He's, he can't believe he's been transformed. And he tells his friends, I am more patient now. And the butter, butterflies say, well, that's great. And then he looks up and he says, where are you all going? And they said, we're migrating. And he's like, what migrating? What wait for me. And then his question at the end is, are we there yet? So here, this little caterpillar had to learn the patience of metamorphosizing. And then after he becomes a butterfly, he has to learn how to be patient as they begin to migrate. Anyway, that story really touched me because in our lives, sometimes we're in that chrysalis and we, there's a waiting place where we're learning, we're growing, we're being metamorphosized or being transformed into a beautiful butterfly. And if we allow the process to take place and not try to jump out of our chrysalis too early and not be transformed into that beautiful butterfly, then we could truly miss out on all the, the learning that could take place. Another talk that um, I was able to pull up was from October, 2008. And it was elder Lawrence Corbridge. And he says some really wonderful things about hard things. He says, don't think you can't. We might think we can't really follow him, meaning the savior, because the standard of his life is so astonishingly high. It seems unreachable. You might think it's too hard, too high, too much beyond your capacity, at least for now. Don't ever believe that. While the standard of the Lord is the highest, don't ever think it's only reachable by select few who are most able. In this singular instance, life's experience misleads us. In life, we learn that the highest achievements in any human endeavor are always the most difficult and therefore achievable only by a select few who are most able. The higher the standard, the fewer can reach it. But that is not the case here because unlike every other experience in this life, this is not a human endeavor. It is rather the work of God. 
It is God's glory, work and his glory to bring to pass immortality and eternal life of man. There is nothing else like it, not anywhere, not ever. No institution, plan, program, or system ever conceived by man has access to the redeeming and transforming power of the atonement of Jesus Christ and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, while the Lord's invitation to follow him is the highest of all, it is also achievable, achievable, achievable by everyone, not because we are able, but because he is and because he can make us able to. We believe that through the atonement of Christ, all mankind may be saved by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. The Lord's way is not hard. Life is hard, not the gospel. There is opposition in all things everywhere for everyone. Life is hard for all of us, but life is also simple. We have only two choices. We can either follow the Lord and be endowed with his power and have peace, light, strength, knowledge, confidence, love, and joy. Or we can go some other way, any other way, whatever other way, and go it alone without his support, without his power, without his guidance in darkness, turmoil, doubt, grief, and despair. And I ask, which way is easier? The Savior said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just like the caterpillar, he made a choice to try to gain knowledge, confidence, and find joy in being in that chrysalis for two weeks. Instead of fearing, doubting, despair, he turned that around and went through this hard experience because of Christ. Christ is the way and he is the light. Peter, so the answer to, I feel, going through this hard is patience. And that's why I love the book, the very impatient caterpillar, because I feel like the answer is patience. And elder Uchtdorf gave that incredible talk, continue in patience in April, 2010. And he said, patience is a godly attribute that can heal souls, unlock treasures of knowledge and understanding and transform ordinary men and women into saints and angels. Patience is truly a fruit of the spirit. Patience means staying with something until the end. It means delaying immediate gratification for future blessings. It means reigning in anger and holding back the unkind word. It means resisting evil, even when it appears to be making others rich. Patient means patience means accepting that which cannot be changed and facing it with courage, grace, and faith. It means being willing, willing to submit to all things, which the Lord seeth fit to inflict upon us, even as a child doth submit to his father. Ultimately patience means being firm and steadfast and immovable and keeping the commandments of the Lord every hour of every day, even when it is hard to do so. In the words of John, the revelator quote, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and faith in Jesus, unquote. Patience is a process of perfection. The savior himself said that in your patience, you possess your souls or to use another translation of the Greek text in your patience, you win mastery of your souls. I really like that because in patience, we can win mastery of our souls. Patience means to abide in faith, knowing that sometimes it is in the waiting rather than the receiving 
that we grow the most. That was true in the time of the Savior, and it is true in our time as well. For we are commanded in these last latter days to continue in patience until we are perfected. You know, as I was there in Arizona with Amber and Aaron and their family, I really was a, um, inspired and touched by how much love and patience they had for each other and for the kids and for their situation. And there were moments of emotion and tough, but they always returned to being grateful and thankful for everything that, um, they've been blessed with from other angels on this earth that have given them so much. And they just are exemplifying tremendous patience and faith and love. And I'm so grateful that I was able to spend that time with them to see that even though this is a long, hard for them right now, that it is all part of the plan and, um, heavenly father is aware of all of us. So in closing to this podcast, sounds like a talk, huh? In closing, I'd like to say, but, um, I read a quote by Neil A. Maxwell in my, uh, podcast called the waiting place. And I want to actually read it again, because I think it's really applicable and elder Holland actually repeated it in October, 2020. And he said that he apologized to elder Maxwell for daring to modify and enlarge something he once said. So this is what he said. One One's life cannot be both faith-filled and stress-free. It simply will not work. To glide naively through life, saying, as we sip another glass of lemonade, Lord, give me all of your choices virtues, but be certain not to give me grief, nor sorrow, nor pain, nor opposition. Please do not let anyone dislike me or betray me. And above all, do not ever let me feel forsaken by thee or those I love. In fact, Lord, be careful to keep me from all the experiences that made thee divine. And then when the rough sledding by someone else is over, please let me come and dwell with thee where I can boast about how similar our strengths and our characters are as I float along on my cloud of comfortable Christianity. Elder Holland then said, brothers and sisters, Christianity is comforting, but it is often not comfortable. The path of holiness and happiness here and hereafter is a long and sometimes rocky one. It takes time and tenacity to walk it. But of course, the reward for so doing is monumental. So as you go forth this week and you are going through different challenges in your life, remember that in life, sometimes we have the short hearts and we have the long hearts. And in those short hearts and long hearts, there are things that we can learn that can strengthen our character, build our faith and increase our understanding of our father in heaven's plan and what we need to learn while we're here on this earth. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you have a wonderful week. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.